Welcome to the Adventure Options Podcast. You want adventures and you have options. In this episode, I interview Ty Mangold, co-founder of Rome Fitness. Keep listening to find out which airport has the best sense of humor and hear Ty's unique piece of advice for travelers. This podcast is sponsored by Adventure Writers, copywriting for the travel industry. There are 4.6 billion web pages out there. Make sure people want to visit yours. Go to adventurewriters.agency for help. That's adventure, W-R-I-T-E-R-S dot agency. Now for the show. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to have you. You are not my usual suspect on this podcast. I'm kind of excited to talk about what you're you're into, what you've got going on. Thank you. Thank you. So you are one of the co-founders of a company called Rome Fitness, which is, why don't you tell everybody else what it is? Because I bet you you explain it better than I would. Sounds good. So yeah, uh, simply put, we are a brand of gym and health club facilities. uh, But what makes us unique is that we're located in airports behind security. So we're in the terminal, right alongside the spas and the lounges and the restaurants and the retail shops. Um, You know, we're a 1000 square feet uh, micro health club. I was showing my husband this the other day when I told him I was going to interview you on the podcast. And kid you not, he said, how come no one has thought of this before? Like it's genius. I cannot tell you how many times we've had a three hour or a four hour layover and you just feel gross and you're just sitting there and you've already listened to the podcast a million times or you've already checked your emails or whatnot. I, so tell me how you even came up with the idea. Like how did this start? Well, it's, it's a good question. And, um, and, and your other question about why has this not happened before is, is one that we looked into. So my co-founder, Cynthia Standel, and I uh, met while we were doing our MBAs at the University of Oregon, and that is where Rome uh, originated. Um, okay. it, it was brought up in a class. We aren't the first to think of it. We're definitely not the last to think of it. Since we've been open, we've had half a dozen, if not a dozen, other formed entities call us saying they're trying to do something similar. Um, but we, we had the idea um, and utilized the first uh, or the, the final 18 months of our, our graduate program to vet the market, to look into it, to ask those questions of why has this not, not happened before. Um, we realized that it has been attempted before, but for almost all of those renditions of it, um, it was pre-security and basically it was a company like 24-hour fitness or or what have you, a mainstream um, street version of a gym plopping down their their typical unit in an airport. Um, and that just doesn't work that way. So why would they try to put it pre-security? Is it cheaper that way? Is it easier? Like, why would they do that? Yeah, it's cheaper rent and there's more uh, square footage available. Post-security is, is much more of a premium. Um, and so that just um, limits what you can do and also limits the waiting period. A lot of these airports that we're working with are saying, great, we love it, come back in 10 years when we have space. So it's it's a lot harder to find post-security areas. Okay, that makes sense. And so what? tell me your partner's name again, Cynthia, did you say? Yeah, her, her name's Cynthia Sandal, and she and I are the, the main co-founders of the company. Okay, and you started this while you were doing your MBA? 
Correct. Yep. So we began it in basically 2014. Uh, we finished up our program in, in summer of 2015. So a year and a half worth of, of um, you know, business development and, and market research. We went out and actually built ourselves a prototype. So we rented a warehouse and made kind of a stage gym on the inside to figure out how are we going to cram, you know, all of the components of a health club into a thousand square feet or 800 square feet or 1500 square feet. Um, Matt helped us answer a lot of logistical questions from a design perspective. And at the same time, we were also what I'll call dating airports. We were going to conferences and trying to find an airport that was going to be suitable and that wanted this sort of service. Um, one of our biggest challenges was convincing an airport not to put in another restaurant or bar or, you know, Starbucks um, and instead go with a, a completely different and untried um, an unproven service like ours. Yeah, and that actually answers my next question, which was, why start in Baltimore? Like, I see that you're from Seattle, you're, you're doing your MBA in Oregon. <laughs> why did you go to Baltimore? And is it because they were the first people to kind of accept your proposition? It was the first alignment of enough stars. Um, we had gotten four other offers before uh, we said yes to Baltimore. Um, of course, right, I think if, if you ask someone, well, put in your first store, they would say the big name airports, right? Atlanta and JFK, San Francisco, O'Hare, LAX, those sort of uh, airports. And we certainly chatted with them. Um, some of those airports said, yes, we love it. We've wanted this for a while. We just don't have space. And some said, you know, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Who's going to want to work out at an airport? All we want to do is eat fried food and, and uh, you know, sit in the lounge. Um, so we, we had a, a variety of reception to the idea. Um, Baltimore was the first airport that said yes and that had space that was good enough. Um, we're, you know, Baltimore is a great airport. We're in the DE connector, so we only have access to about 20% of the passenger traffic. Um, but it's it's a large airport. Um, we have a great landlord there, Air Mall, which is called Fratport. So it was um, just a good collection of, of meeting. Um, we knew that it wasn't going to be a killer spot, but it was going to allow us to demonstrate proof of concept. Um, and that is exactly what it's done over the last 18 or so months. Is that how long it's been open? It's 18 months? Yeah. Yeah. A little. Yeah. About 18 months. So like the beginning of 2017? So you started the concept, walk me through that timeline again. You started the concept in 2014, yep. finished started, school in 2015, is that yep. what? Yeah, finished school in 2015, got a lease signed in the summer, spring of 2016, and we're finally able to open our doors by 2017, February of 2017. That seems incredibly fast to me. <laughs> I would it say probably that, didn't to you. I mean, it's years yeah. of your life, but... It That's, seems like it went pretty fast. Yes and no. I mean, if you we're a startup, um, and we we are in a startup ecosystem and world. And if you if you chat with any folks who are doing tech or coding or software, I mean, it's a it's a six month sort of runway sort of thing. And if you're not if you're not producing massive results in that time, you're done. Um, yeah, yeah. So for us to be you know four years into this process and still only have one location. To us, seems like it's it's um, uh, extremely long. Yeah, but you're working with 
I mean airports that are probably not typically the easiest clients to work with. <laughs> I would agree. Yes. Um, the airport world is at least in the U.S. as a quasi-government entity, yet they're trying to be for-profit and they've got a lot of political bureaucracy entangled in, in into decisions that are made. So they run very, very slow. Um, and that's, I had mentioned earlier, when we first started dating airports and, and taking this, this concept out on the street, we had airports like San Francisco say, you know, this is great, or JFK say, this is great. But, you know, it's going to take five, six, seven, eight years. So we have to continue fostering and cultivating those relationships along the way while we're pursuing Baltimore and, you know, another two dozen other airports. So this brings up a good question of international airports. Have you looked into that? And what have you decided on things like that as far as the red tape and the things you would have to go through to get into an international airport? Um, yes, we have looked at international airports. We'd like to grow to them. We've had conversations with Dublin, um, you know, with Heathrow. We we love places like uh, Hong Kong and Amsterdam and Zurich, um, Shanghai, Dubai, um, Istanbul. Um, so those those major international jumping points are fantastic um, and something that we're we're looking after. Some of those airports are not government controlled. Um, in, in the UK, uh, almost all airports are private enterprises. So it's actually easier and faster to go into them. Now, it's harder for us being a foreign entity to do that. Um, but as we grow, it's something that we're, we're looking into. But in the meantime, in our, our next expansion phase, we're still focusing on, on domestic airports. So we've got a lease that we won uh, that we're going into. Uh, the plan is by the end of this year in San Francisco and Terminal 2. Uh, we've also won a lease and are planning to go in uh, early next year in San Diego. And then we have some lease opportunities um, that we're, we're trying to pursue at uh, Minneapolis and at Charlotte um, with some um, uh, partnerships there. So that's kind of what we're looking at over the next two years and, and trying to raise capital to make those locations happen. Congratulations. That sounds amazing. Thank you. We're okay. very excited. So what you need to do is you need to take on a Canadian partner because they're friends with everyone. So they'll be able to get into those international places easier. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Toronto uh, Pearson Airport actually has a gym in it. It's pre-security. Um, it's a good life fitness facility and it, it's great. Um, so we've, we've looked at that and we've looked at partnering with them. Uh, we have some requests from some individuals to go into Calgary. We would love to go into Montreal, especially with their uh, U.S. Customs pre-clearance launching section. So um, Canada is high up on our, our international list. Well, I'm saying take a Canadian partner and make them do your other international oh, bidding. So take yeah, them and, over okay. to Hong Kong. And, and when they say, wait, are you American? They can say, oh, no, I'm Canadian. No, and exactly. everyone will go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So take me back to grad school and why airport gyms? Like what, what was the idea behind that? Had you researched needs in the area? Are you just a, a gym junkie? Are you a personal trainer? Like what made, why that concept? Yeah. Um, I don't neither. Hi, sorry. My dog's jumping into the interview here. Um, neither I or, or my co-founder have, a background in gym management experience or airports, we are, albeit we're both end users of them. Um, 
we we had the idea because we personally wanted it. Um, our target user is the, the millennial and Gen X business traveler. They're about 35 years old, um, and that's who we are um, exactly. We we identified with the pain point, which was we're sick and tired of being in an airport and having to sacrifice our our healthy lifestyles and goals. Um, and that's kind of the first thing to um, to get chopped off when we're pressed for time. Um, and so the airport seemed like a, a perfect opportunity to reintroduce that, but also a, uh, an environment that was seeping um, a lot, you know, was seeping bad choices, right? You go in and it's nothing but fried food and overpriced alcohol. If there's a high stress uh, factor involved and that this sort of service um, screams its uh, benefit even more so there than it would you know, anywhere else on the street. Um, that being said, it has a lot of barriers to overcome time and, and stress and just educating the consumer that we even exist and, and what our services are, right? We have a complimentary clothing program through Lululemon. So any membership that you, whether it's the day pass or year, will outfit you head to toe in Lululemon gear um, and Brooks running shoes. You know, we have showers, we have all these services, but they take a while to inform the consumer that it's available and, and, and it's no extra charge. Um, but we, we started this because we wanted it. Um, you know, that's kind of the main reason. That's awesome. Okay. So does anyone ever come in just for the shower? Oh, absolutely. We have a, a thousand and one different types of users. Um, you know, I mentioned our average users, 35 years old and, and a single traveling business, um, business trip, uh, passenger, but we have folks who just want to use the shower. We have folks who come in and they just stretch out. We have individuals um, in their 80s who've come on in. We've had, you know, 18-year-olds, um, you know, high school sports teams who come on in um, and anywhere in between. We have airport and airline employees use it. Um, we have a grab-and-go meal program. So we've got folks coming in who utilize the facility just for retail and food and beverage shopping. So anywhere in between, um, you know, we we – we're trying to be a healthy outlet for everyone. It just so happens that we're a gym. I didn't even think about the airport employees. I imagine that would actually be wonderful to be able to take your lunch break and go move a little. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. I, I did think when I was looking through your videos and the things that you offered and stuff, I, one of my first thoughts was, oh, a shower after a long flight, especially if you just have a short flight and then a meeting right after that. To just be able to freshen up, oh, that would be really nice. Yeah, and and we have a good chunk of our users who utilize that. Our bathrooms are, from a build-out perspective, our, our most expensive thing. Um, you know, they're very high-end and, and a premium experience, and we want that. We don't want someone stepping into a shower feeling like someone they're else. They're going to get foot in. fungus. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're cleaned in between each use. Um, they're stocked with complimentary toiletries, um, you know, fresh towels, it, it's a. It's not just a, a shower that you walk into. It is a complete private, single-use, single-occupant bathroom. So it's a toilet, a, a wet sink, um, shower. There's Mullen and Gets bath products in there. I mean, you name it. It's it's the the full setup. Um, you know, we're not catering just to layover travelers. Like you said, a, a bunch of our users are post-destination users, um, especially in Baltimore. It's the Red Eye West Coast flights. The individual lands, it's nine in the morning. They can't go to their hotel because it's too early to check in. So with us, they get to 
you know, travel in comfier clothes and then land and shower and change and then go straight off to that business meeting. Uh, we also actually have the vast majority of our users are pre-originating travelers. So it's folks who are done with their conference or done with that business trip and they're headed back home. You know, they're finished at three in the afternoon, but they booked a flight that leaves at seven o'clock. Well, what are they going to do for those four hours? Right now, Kind of the status quo is wait until the last minute because no one wants to go to the airport and be a prisoner on the other side. So they go to a Starbucks, they go walk around, they kind of just try to kill time, and yet they still push it to the last minute and then have you know heightened anxiety about getting through security. So we're we're a, a solution to that of just go when you got time, but now you can be productive when you're on the other side of security. Awesome. And I noticed as well on your video that if someone wants to bring in their own gym clothes, that you will vacuum seal the dirty ones. That Whose idea was that? Because that was genius. We, thank you. We, we think so as well. Um, that was, um, we realized that in grad school when we were kind of walking through the motions of who, you know, who was going to rent stuff, who was going to bring their own. Um, a big chunk of our users do utilize the rental program, but also a lot don't. Um, and we didn't want someone feeling like, well, what are they going to do with stinky, sweaty, smelly clothes? Um, you know, we don't want those odors to permeate our carry-on. So, And then everyone in the airport hates you for sending exactly. the exactly. sweaty people back to their flights. Yeah. <laughs> so whose idea was it? It was just a uh, collaborative idea? It was a collaborative, yeah. It was probably Cynthia. She is. She I was going to say, you're not going to take the credit. You're the only one on here. That's when you say, oh, that was my idea. Yeah. No, <laughs> I won't do that. My Cynthia is our, 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 everything that has to do about our brand experience, um, the customer journey, what, what Rome tangibly is, um, is her, her doing. She's the one who's created that. My role with the company is a lot of, kind of then taking the product that she's created and, and implementing it, getting us into the next airport and, and working on financing and investors and all right. the fun stuff like that. Right. I actually was really impressed at the quality that you seem to provide for your customers. And then when you look at the pricing, it doesn't seem bad at all for yeah, the quality of what you're getting and inside an airport. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't want it to be cost prohibitive. I mean, our, our first goal is is getting more users, letting people know that this is an option that's available to them. So we don't want cost to be prohibitive at all. Um, our biggest challenge is letting people know that this is something they should look for in an airport. Um, right, yoga rooms are on the rise, but that's kind of about it. Um, there's spas out there. That's really the closest thing that you'll get to staying healthy. And so we want folks to to know that we're there and not to be humming and hawing over over what the price point is, right? An, an average day pass to a lounge is going to be $35 to $65, depending on what that lounge is. We don't want someone saying, ah, you know, $65. Bucks. Plus, our users are, are a little bit younger and, and don't necessarily have that sort of discretionary income. So we priced it at $25 bucks for a day pass or $30 a month uh, for an annual pass for unlimited usage. And those will work at all of our locations. So it's not just for the BWI spot or for the SFO spot. They work um, unilaterally and across all, all of the locations. That's really cool. So is this something that you are looking to franchise or is it something that you're looking to manage all of the locations yourself? We don't want to franchise it uh, more so because that's extremely difficult in the airport world. Um, 
one of our challenges is finding the next lease location. Um, and so that's harder to do, you know, when that's one of our core competencies and then to give that to someone else and say, now you franchise it is it, it, it can create some difficulties, um, which is why you don't see a whole lot of franchising going on, at least in the main large hub airports. Um, you see it being corporate controlled. Um, or license agreements through other operators. So we would like to keep it all corporate controlled. Uh, that helps us too with uh, reciprocity of memberships. Um, but the other goal for that is that at one day we want to couple this with your um, loyalty program with your favorite airline or with your hotel or with your your home gym um, or with your insurance plan, right? Now, if your employer provides this for you because they're part of um, insurance plan XYZ, uh, right? It's much easier for us to implement that from a, a corporate structure standpoint. We want it to be across the board. Yeah, or even your employer could do it for you. Yep, absolutely. And we've Come had on. conversations with companies, right? The, the large firms out there who have massive traveling fleets of employees, um, they're looking at, at ways of providing just benefits for them, but also managing their own risk. Flying is extremely taxing on your body. And when you're doing it two, three times a week, there's serious health concerns for that. Um, and if there's a way that that can be addressed, and we think what we're doing is one of those ways, um, it's, in that it's in that employer's benefit to provide this for you. Right. So let's get serious here. Let's talk Shark Tank. When are we going on Shark Tank? <laughs> Um, good question, right? So nothing we do is, there's no IP in it, right? There's nothing stopping anyone else per se from, from getting into the realm of things. So, oh, you sound like Mr. Wonderful now. <laughs> but That's there, line. Exactly. You're not going to be the pessimist one. Well, I'm the realist one. He doesn't care. Exactly. So we, we first needed to cultivate enough relationships with those airports and kind of queue up the next set of leases. And so that's why we haven't done something like a Shark Tank uh, approach, because earlier on, a company, you know, like Equinox or, or 24 Hour Fitness or Marriott or Hilton or United Health Group, you know, any of these large entities who would have something to gain from this and had unlimited pockets um, or unlimited funding could go out and beat us. Um, we wanted to get the first couple locations in the ground and then look to those firms as either a um, an M&A exit um, or a merger um, or an investment from them to help us take it to the next level. So we're now at that stage where we're comfortable um, kind of being a little bit louder in our presence and, and trying to recruit other other players into the scene. Like like Robert on Shark Tank. He does a lot of mergers, I'm telling you. I am your Shark Tank expert, so when you're about to go on, you feel free to give me a call and I'll give you the lowdown on which on which shark you want to be your partner. Sounds good. Well, if Robert's listening, give give us a call. Robert, if, if you are listening to my podcast, yeah. <laughs> if he's listening to my podcast, give me a call. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I will talk to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Ty, this is just really cool. I think it's a very good idea. I really hope it takes off because I'd like to see it in airports that I frequent. I cannot say I have been to the Baltimore airport yet, but it certainly makes me want to go there. And I think it's exciting that you'll be opening ones in California. Now, normally when I um, start wrapping up these interviews, I will ask the person where their favorite place to travel is, since it is a, a travel podcast. 
I'm going to switch it up a little bit and ask you what your favorite airport is and why. Ooh, that's a good question. You can't so, pick Baltimore because just because it has Rome in it. Yeah, yeah. So barring Baltimore, um, I really enjoy uh, JFK Terminal Four. Is a very long airport, but it's it's international. Um, from a plane spotting perspective, I like it. Their offerings are amazing, though. Um, Minneapolis, it's called their their um, it's basically their main rotunda has some very novel concepts. They've got an outdoor gear shop there. It's kind of like an REI. Um, they've got a, a whole golf studio upstairs that you can go into. Um, so they're doing things really well. I love Denver, um, uh, especially Terminal B. It's just got some great uh, variety of, of things to do. Plus each terminal you're at, they've got a cool kind of sculpture hanging overhead. Um, but my favorite airport is the Milwaukee airport and it's because they've got a sense of humor and they're the only airport in the world that I know of that once you get through security, they've got a big sign on the other side that says recombobulation area. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that's what we all go through when we're picking up all of our crap that we, you know, we took out of our bags and we're putting our shoes back on and you feel just disheveled and, and you're, you're recombobulating. And I like, I like their sense of humor for it. So that's my favorite. They're just embracing what they put you through versus pretending like they didn't just do that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. And one piece of advice that you would leave for today's travelers. Well, I'll leave two. The first is um, if you're looking to get a Rome fitness into your favorite airport or airports, um, the, the best way to do that is go to our website and click on the future locations page. So we have created links to the key decision makers at all of those airports or all of our target airports that we'd like to be in. Our biggest challenge is convincing the airport that this is a demand and service that's out there. Right now they view it through what generates the most revenue and that's basically alcohol and fried food. Um, so they won't know that a health, healthy service and offering like ours is demanded unless they hear from passengers and travelers and individuals. So if you go to our website and click on that link, you can send a, a quick message to your your airport and let them know that this is something that you would utilize. Um, the second bit of information that I would would um, offer or advice I would offer in terms of travel and staying healthy is utilize you know do a little bit of pre planning, um, but utilize whatever service you can to lower anxiety. That's the biggest killer from a, a health perspective. So. I utilize TSA PreCheck. I'm a member of Clear. And when I go to an airport, it typically takes me two or three minutes to get through security. Um, I've never waited more than, than 10 minutes ever with the combination of those two, and I love it. Um, I, I'm not freaked out about getting through security in a timely manner. Um, my other coupled component of advice with that is try to avoid alcohol. It just there's a time and place for it. And don't get me wrong. I love it as well, but it's so damaging to your body when you're traveling, you get dehydrated. And while it might feel great on the airplane or great in the lounge, it leaves you feeling just drained when you get to your destination. Um, if it's something that you've gone to frequently, um, you know, it's your go-to sort of thing when you travel, just try the next time not doing that. Go with, with, um, you know, my favorite is just club soda with lime and and see what sort of experiment and cocktails you can come up with that are N.A. And you're going to land feeling a thousand times better to um, to tackle the next day and the next challenge. 
Perfect. That's just a perfect way to end this. I want to thank you for your time, Ty, and I will uh, link your website in the show notes. And also just really quickly wanted to mention, you do have a hashtag out there, free to move. So if people want to throw your hashtag out there and talk about the airport, they would like to see it in as well. That would be helpful. And thank you for coming on. My pleasure. It was great chatting with you. Hey, Shana here. It was a delight speaking with Ty. One of my biggest takeaways was that the voice of the people really does matter. Sometimes the market doesn't know what you want until you tell it what you want. And that's true for all aspects of adventure travel. Remember to visit adventurewriters.agency to join my mailing list and get updates when a new podcast episode airs. Until next time, ciao!